I confess, I'm a woman, but I think it would be funny to wear a huge strap-on in the ladies' room at the North Carolina State Capitol. Agreed. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based live show featuring smart storytelling and anonymous confessing. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions, as well as sister shows Unspoken and Confess, all explore themes of humor, vulnerability, and emotional justice on varying topics. No matter the topic, the highlight of any Bedpost Productions is the participation of the audience members sharing their own secrets in the form of anonymous confessions, which are read aloud during the show. The Accidental Dom It began with a Snickers bar stuck in a vending machine. My coworker Christine suggested that he get it for me. 20 minutes later, the Snickers bar appeared on my desk, and with that, Fuego became my work pet. I have a strong personality, and I like to be in charge, but for most of my sex life, I have bottomed. A strong top-from-the-bottom approach, but ultimately submissive. My relationship with Fuego changed that. Fuego means fire in Spanish, and that is exactly what he is. A five-foot-five, scruffy, Cuban fireball of chatter, with light brown hair to his chin and kind hazel eyes. He will talk with anyone. In fact, Christine and I used to run from him on uh, on our breaks from his nonstop chatter. Not now, fuego. We gotta have girl talk. After trying many excuses, this is the one that he could argue with the least, although he would often rebuttal with, but I love girl talk. As he stood still, looked defeated, and watched us walk away. When Fuego retrieved the Snickers for me, I was pregnant and in need of extra treats. Fuego wanted to make sure I wasn't just eating Snickers and the steady flow of cheap grocery store birthday cake that I love in the break room. He wanted me to have vitamins, vitamin C to be exact. He brought a box of clementines to work. Casually, I accepted one from him. He took it very seriously. (laughs) If you found Fuego delicately peeling clementines in the kitchen, he would tell you with no prompting, I have to get all these stringy things off for her. (laughs) In a company that disguised its true identity as a call center by keeping the employees enwrapped with games, contests, and a complicated bonus structure based on number of dials, length of calls, and how many script calls we completed by the 15, 45, and 60-day marker, Fuego, and his concern for me and our clients was overlooked. It was all about the metrics. How many dials you got today, Fuego? Who can count of dials when I need to care for her? So daily, he brought to my desk two clementines peeled on a small plate with a napkin. We cracked them open together. Ah, that smile and slow blink, he said, as he watched me take my first bite before he had his. Truth is, I smiled a lot when I was around him because 
I was uncomfortable being served, watched, and worshipped. Despite what it might look as I read the story up here tonight, I do not like being the center of attention, especially at work. Being the first pregnant lady of a company already garnered me more attention than I was comfortable with. What had begun as a joke to get me that Snickers bar and a casual, sure, yeah, I'll take a clementine, had settled into a routine with a dom-sub dynamic. As much as I tried, I couldn't dissuade Fuego and his devotion to serve me. So with no way around it, I went all in. Figuring no harm, no foul. My interaction with Fuego was better than any game the company came up with to keep us dialing. And it was a fun distraction from my pregnancy woes. Also, I was enjoying the juicy tart burst of flavor and conversation in the afternoon. Once our roles of dominant and submissive were established, it became easier to interact with him. I no longer had to hide from him on breaks, but could clearly state, later, fuego, find me at 12.30. Or, yeah, I'm feeling three clementines today. Have them ready in half an hour. (laughs) Setting clear boundaries and giving him a task for the day calmed him. He knew what was expected of him, and that in completing these tasks, he was pleasing me, and by pleasing me, it was pleasing him. To keep things fun, management uh, believed in switching people to different teams. Eventually, Fuego and I were placed on the same team, and he switched to a desk nearby where I had a clear view of his workspace. I knew when he was on the phone, I could see what he was looking at on his computer. This location change occurred at a point when peeling clementines and sending my faxes no longer satiated Fuego's desire to serve me. He had run a few errands for me and occasionally brought me lunch, but I felt better when our dynamic was kept in the workplace. In fact, I got more pleasure out of making him do his job. I instructed him to do things like complete 10 new client call confirmations before he could even talk to me. When he worked his Latin charm to calm an irate client, I liked to instant message him, put the client on hold, and get me some water. (laughs) This would fluster him, of course, but he would do it every single time. I kept my eyes glued to the computer as he delivered the water. Instead of acknowledging him, I would write him, thank you, now apologize to the client and save the account. (laughs) My favorite task I sent over IM. It read, the dry erase board is a mess. It still has meeting notes and team game tallies from two weeks ago. I am sick of looking at it. I want you to erase it. I don't want anyone to see you do it. You have 10 minutes to clean it off completely. You will tell no one you did this, and you will tell me when the task is done. But I'm on a call 
I know. Do it. This is his most challenging task to date. His legs shaked with anticipation. I loved watching as he put the client on hold and raced to the board, only to find that people were standing in front of it. He went back to his desk and continued the call. There is no eraser, he wrote. I know, I replied. He put the client on hold again. I dialed a client so to keep myself busy, plus I regularly hit all my metrics. My call went long. As soon as he hung up, Fuego bound, or as soon as I hung up, I should say, Fuego bounded over to me. That was crazy! Did you see how hard that was for me to do that? No one had, could see me. I, I had to fetch paper towels and hide them. He went on and on, recounting his stealth maneuvering and cleaning off a dry erase board unseen. He concluded with, do you see the things I do for you? No, Fuego, I did this for you. He was speechless. He walked back to his desk. Half an hour later, he wrote me, thank you. <laughs> For Valentine's Day, he gave me African daisy seeds that he planted and watered according to instructions. But Aloysius, as Fuego named the daisy, did not sprout. What did grow is kinship and love for one another. Meanwhile, his cube buddy teased him. Everyone did. She's a married woman about to have a baby. What's your deal, dude? <laughs> he would tell them and me that love has no bounds. I agreed. I told them that they just don't understand the non-traditional relationships. In our relationship, he served me and I mentored him. Under my tutelage, he groomed himself better, dressed better, and came to understand the submissive part of himself. As clementines went out of season, we switched to oranges, and Fuego did that magical thing where he just got more confident. He wore his self-assurance well. Ladies started to flock towards him. He was hitting his numbers at work. It's like our dom-sub relationship humanized his interaction with the corporation enough to make those dials bearable, even pleasurable, because he was doing a good job not for the company or for himself, but for me. An undercurrent of sexuality ran through our interactions, but it was never sexual. Again, it was so public. The entire office knew. So did my husband. I mean, my parents even knew about Fuego. <laughs> also, being worshipped and served does nothing for me sexually. So it felt safe, a little odd, but consensual and with clear boundaries. I didn't know if it could be a sexual thing for Fuego. I wondered if he would thrive in a 24-7 dom-sub relationship or if it was the explicitness of the limits in the workplace that worked for him at that moment in time. As best I could, I tried to ask questions quietly within our cubicles to ascertain what our dynamic did for him. At his constant pleading that I use him as a human footstool for my swollen feet, 
I said, you know this is a thing, right? <laughs> Words like fetish, human furniture, submissive, kink, they just went over his head. I concluded Fuego was just a sweet, misunderstood man who genuinely believes women are superior and wants to worship and serve them. And if a woman is pregnant, fuck. <laughs> She's a goddess, worthy of all your attention and devotion. But the thing with pregnancy is that it ends. One month till my due date, I began my maternity leave. Fuego and I kept in touch by text. He wrote short quips like, I spent last day doing my work. It was horrible. My work output is setting personal records, but I prefer your distraction better for the soul. Then funny updates that referenced our time together. Hey, I erased the board. It was really bothering me, like two weeks of the same nonsense. And without you, I made 10 comp calls. I don't call the success. Success is peeling a tasty orange properly that will bring you a smile. Then, you've been cloned. She and you have the same name, but she will never be you. It's like you won't have to deal with me and I get to be with you. Its success is our success. It will be a process though. I've only given her one glass of water and a magnet, I promise. <laughs> I hadn't even responded to the news that I had a clone before his text just kept coming in this rapid fire stream of conscious way that he speaks. He continued, I'm sorry for being distant. Thank you so much for writing me. I was sad and wondering, thought it was a weaning off of process. But you're amazing, and you care about your little immigrant border crosser. <laughs> and I do. I would never call him that. <laughs> but I do care very much for Fuego. Never do I eat a clementine without thinking of him. We brought each other joy, fun, companionship, and an understanding that love does not have to travel traditional paths. About a year after my son was born, Fuego visited my family. We went for a walk. I pushed the stroller. Fuego peeled the oranges he brought me. He told me it was the first orange he had eaten since our last time together. He eats grapefruit now. <laughs> he says, to eat an orange without me is sacrilege. Thank you. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. Confess with us at bedpostconfessions.com. Until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, I broke into my brother-in-law's house to have sex. Which, you know, that's risky. Uh, when we were done, we realized this was no longer his house. <laughs> wah, wah. And then it was like, yikes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
I confess, my husband and I have been fantasizing about a threesome for 12 years, and it finally happened! It felt great going back to work from spring break, and all the students were bragging about their spring break experience, but I knew mine was way better. (laughs) 